Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Moving Up the Ladder, a show that gives you some knowledge and insight into the success of your career or business, no matter what part of the employment spectrum you fall on. With LocalJobNetwork.com Radio, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Today's show looks to help out the employer as we examine the real reasons employees quit. Here's a hint. It's not really usually about money. But to get an insider's perspective and analysis, we have Barbara Mitchell, a human resources and organization development consultant, as well as managing partner of the Mitchell Group. Barbara joins us from Virginia today. Thanks for coming on, Barbara. Thanks, Tim. Glad to be here. If you could briefly just describe a little bit about your organization and the role that you're uh, playing over there and just in general your experience. Sure. I'm a human resources professional. Most of my career was with Marriott International, and I've had my own business. And I help organizations, mostly small to medium-sized organizations, with anything related to their people, be it human resources, organization development, or the challenges they're having in attracting and retaining the right people. Good. Well, that fits in perfectly here. So, now as I mentioned, money does is a factor in everything. Obviously, they say the money, money makes the world go round. But all the numbers I've seen, the research, it, it doesn't indicate that's necessarily the reason people are driven away from their current employers. So, why do you think it is that, especially employers, managers, HR personnel, a lot of them still believe it's money that drives people away? I think it's because they don't really want to understand what the underlying real issues are mm-hmm. because they might have to fix something. <laughs> it's much much easier to just think, well, uh, someone else is going to pay them more. And I think also sometimes employees just use that as an excuse so that they think they're, the person they're leaving won't ask them a lot of questions. It kind of ends the conversation. I mean, is there a way then for employers in general to find out what the real reasons are? Because I've even read that in exit interviews, a lot of employees will just say, yeah, it, you know, more money, that kind of thing. Just they don't want to get into it either. So I guess how can you kind of figure out what's really going on if you're an employer, at least in a small regard? I think the best thing to do is to ask the employee what caused them to start looking in the first place. Because then you might get them to say that they had perhaps a problem with their manager or they didn't get praised for something or they felt left out of something and that made them to be susceptible to looking. That will give them more clues than just um, leaving for more money. You can also ask the employee to tell you specifically how much more money, because sometimes they're looking to get you to make a counteroffer, which I do believe is never a good idea to go back in and take somebody, pay them a little bit more and keep them, because if they've started looking, they're going to continue looking. But sometimes that's the employee's strategies to try to get you to counteroffer. Okay, interesting. That's, that's an interesting thought. Now, I, I put this question to you just in kind of the prep work that I sent. And I don't know how much you thought about this or if it made a whole lot of sense to you. But what I put down was what if you know, a lot of employers believe like 80% of the time it is money? What if that really was the case? I mean, what would be the pros and cons if so many employees, like that's all they cared about and it was less about those real issues. I mean, I'd imagine there'd be some some good things to that, but there'd also be a lot of bad that would come out of that, wouldn't there? I think it'd be almost impossible to re- retain people if they're only interested in money because they'd always be susceptible to another offer. And if they weren't engaged in the work they were doing, but only looking for more money, why would you want them anyway? Mm-hmm. I don't mean to be dismissive of people, but you really want what you want is employees who are committed to your mission or whatever it is that your organization does. You want them to really be passionate about their work. And if it's only they're looking for a few dollars more, perhaps you're never going to keep them satisfied. 
And that's exactly the reason we brought you on and why I thought this was an important issue because there, there obviously seems to be some sort of disconnect. And for instance, the numbers that I've seen, for the most part, again, they may go up and down. It's like 12% of people say they left because of money. Like that was the reason or the main reason. Does that seem consistent with the things you've seen and heard in your experience? Yes, it does. And what that means to me is those 12, that 12% are companies that are not paying fairly. Because if companies are paying fairly at market value, they should be able to retain people if they're doing a lot of other things right. But if they're not paying fairly, if there's a lot of information for employees out there now, they can go on places like Glassdoor and other websites to find out what they should be making for the job that they have. And so if they find out that they should be making a lot more than they are, that's, I think, when you get that 12%. Sure. I think that's a good point that really employees have a lot more information out there now that can show them whether or not they're getting that that market value. So it becomes about other things. Now, in terms of money still, it's not necessarily always like a need or a want for more, but perhaps that salary or a bonus or something is tied into their work or a relationship with somebody there. I guess kind of what I'm getting at is specifically what other little reasons that do do involve money would somebody point to as opposed to just, you know, I need to have more money, I need to make more money here? One of the things that happens frequently is expectations of money when perhaps uh, they last year they got a bonus or last year they got some incentive compensation for something that they did. And it in their mind that translated to, I'm always going to get this. Hmm. Or some, some companies make a real critical mistake and promise Uh, For example, hiring someone and saying, well, I know we can't pay you what you'd like to make, but in six months we'll review your salary and uh, they hint that they're going to give them an increase and they really don't mean that and they don't do it. And I think that's when money really becomes the issue right. when you're you're not being dealt with fairly. I was going to say, I, I mean, it's, as much as it is money, there's still a, there's a trust thing there too, isn't there? Absolutely, that, you know. absolutely. And that brings us to a, a, really the what I've seen as the main point, because in reality, it seems for the most part, the majority of issues that happen when people leave stem from some sort of concern in terms of management. And that could be, you know, it could run the gamut of different aspects of that. I guess your general thoughts on how much of a role managers play in people leaving for one reason or another. I think it's huge. I can't even huge isn't huge isn't <laughs> huge isn't huge enough. Uh, it's it's everything. Uh, really, it is uh, the most important thing. There's an, an adage: people don't leave organizations; they leave managers. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. Are there any ones that maybe you would touch on? And I kind of given you an idea of a couple of things I was thinking of in terms of specifically what you've seen or heard that would indicate why an employee has a problem with a manager or what the the real issue is? Uh, again, just from your experiences or things that you've seen or, or heard about. Sure. I think uh, I'm a great believer in the uh, Gallup research that uh, you may know about, the Gallup 12, sure. where they interviewed 80,000 people, I think it was, and came up with 12 things people want from work. I think there's a lot of truth in that. I, I see a lot of people who, they want to know where they fit in the organization. They want to know that someone is watching out for them, who cares about them as a human being, as an individual, and about their performance. They want to know what their value is to the organization, to its mission. Uh, They want to be recognized and rewarded for, for good work. 
they want feedback. I think that the feedback is is getting more and more important. Uh, the uh, generations, millennials, and the ones coming behind are just demanding daily feedback. Probably daily is not enough. They want feedback hourly. How am I doing? What could I be doing better? Because that's how they were raised. They were raised with lots of praise, and, and they want that from their workplace. And if they don't get it, they may look somewhere else. So with a lot of these ideas, do you feel this is something that's really been, in essence, a cultural change in the last maybe 10, 15 years in terms of wanting more of that personable relationship with an employer, whether it be a direct manager or even people a little bit higher up, that it's not just bottom line, that, that employees want to know that, as you said, they matter, their their ideas matter, what they're doing is recognized. Is that a, a big shift that's occurred in, in recent years? I don't think it's a big shift. I think it's something that was always there, but people weren't comfortable in talking about it. Hmm. Uh, now I think that people have brought it to the forefront. Uh, and and I see a lot of people saying, uh, gosh, I wish I would have said that 20 years ago. <laughs> With some of those, and I was, I was going to pick out a couple here, and maybe we can just talk a little bit more specifics. One of the things that I had down in, in a survey that was researched in terms of the managers, again, and their effects one of the things I thought was interesting is it said favoritism by by supervisors. Now, that could be perceived or it could be real. Sometimes it may be hard to tell. I guess specifically, have you dealt with that or, or, or seen that in some way where it does become a thing where one person gets certain perks and uh, maybe it's perceived as not well-deserved? How would a manager even go about avoiding that and making sure that you know their employees don't feel it is happening, whether or not it is, because they may perceive it that way? Well, always being fair and consistent following policy. I'm not a big bureaucracy person, but I do think if you've got a policy, for example, I I work with an organization that one person has been allowed to telecommute out of 100, and the rest have all been denied. And that's created huge problems because it is perceived as favoritism. Now, there, there may be a good business reason why, but it wasn't well explained. And so that other people feel like, well, you know, she's the favorite or he's the favorite. Mm-hmm. So I think it could be real, but it also can be perceived. And the other one I just wanted to get kind of pick your brain on a little bit. It's very vague. I guess people can kind of see where it's coming from. It's the idea of a, a lack of leadership from a supervisor. And the people I've talked to, especially on some of these shows, I mean, leadership is such a concern in terms of having the right people and, and the right skill set and all that kind of stuff. When you hear somebody say... I just there was just a lack of leadership from somebody. What do you perceive that to be or what would you see as the biggest problem in in that phrase? Well, it's hard to tell not knowing the organization, but usually it means that that they want their manager to stick up for them or to provide a little more information perhaps than they currently have. I I think the communication link to leadership is huge sure. where where people perceive again and we know perceptions reality. <laughs> If they perceive that their manager is keeping something from them, uh, that would make them feel that they weren't being led properly. Or if the uh, organization is going in one direction and the employee thinks it's going in another direction or should go in another direction. Leadership is is such a powerful uh, statement, I think, today. And, and we're seeing more and more about how important it is to have not only good managers, but good leaders. Sure. 
Now, if we step away a little bit from the effects of management, uh, again, that is a huge aspect, like you said, and there are different aspects to it, but there are still other smaller reasons or uh, maybe less prominent reasons that employees do leave. And I don't know if you had a couple you wanted to mention. I had some some that I had jotted down, but what have you seen in terms of other maybe smaller, more individual reasons that people would go that are on par with the money aspect or, or very close to that? Well, two that I can think of that are very, very close to it. One being, of course, work-life balance, where people are uh, even interested in taking less money to have more time off or being able to have a flexible workplace. I think people are leaving jobs for those issues now, and not just uh, women, but uh, men as well, uh, if companies are not allowing flexibility. And the other one is uh, commute. In the Washington area, that's a huge issue where people uh, have to drive in through the worst traffic now in the country and drive huge distances and would like not to have to do that. So they may take leave a job, even though they are happy with the job, they may leave it to take a job closer to home if they can find one. So those are two that are uh, I think they're, they're less well talked about, but I think they're they're very real. No, I definitely agree. And we, we had a show about that earlier, about just the idea of people working from home more often now. And one company, a larger company in the, in the country, they talked about that they are pushing people, if they can, to work from home because they feel they actually get more work out of them. There's more satisfaction. There's not that you know anxiety of driving through traffic and all that. So I think that does definitely belabor one of the points. Another one that I thought was curious, because obviously it could work to individual people's perception, again, of their job and and how you look at it, but is the idea of a lack of either interesting duties or challenging duties in your job that push you a little bit where, you know, some people might see you're you're just uh, doing the same thing over and over and there's nowhere to go, but just finding a way to be able to challenge someone or give them different work. What are you, what's your take on that being a factor for people leaving? I think it's a real factor. I think people are certainly looking to make a real contribution and do something that engages both their skills, but also their minds and, and that where they're learning something. I hear this over and over where, uh, or people are looking to be developed and trained and feel as if they're really making a contribution. And if they don't feel that way, how do you get up and motivate yourself to go to work? Even if you're working from home, you have to have some reason to think, okay, I'm going to do something good today. I think there's a lot of that, a lot more of that in today's workplace than perhaps we've even acknowledged. Another part of that survey and other research just talks a lot about engagement. And that's a big issue I feel that is focused upon way more now. And yet the numbers still indicate it's an issue among employers, employee, that kind of relationship. In terms of being engaged in the position, how much do you feel that falls upon the individual to make sure they're, you know, they're doing their job, you're getting paid to do something versus an employer finding ways to keep them engaged? Is, there's got to be some balance there. But how, where would you place the importance? Well, I would say it's probably 70% the employer uh, making sure that they've, they've got the employee in the right job and, and that they're getting what they need to do their job. Do they have the resources and the uh, ability to do the job? Do they have the materials and the equipment to do the job? Is it something that's challenging for them? But you're right. The employee needs to take responsibility, too, for both staying engaged but also asking for other work or uh, letting their employer know that they're willing and able to do something else or taking a course perhaps and, and learning something new that they can add more value to the organization. 
One of the things that I think is so critical that very few organizations do, which I think is key to this whole topic, and that is not waiting until people leave to find out what's going on. Hmm. Asking people, your your top performers, for example, asking them why they stay with your organization. And then what you learn from that can help you craft all kinds of strategies to retain not just that group of people, but perhaps your other folks as well. You can learn a great deal more from that. Plus, you can do something about it. When you've lost a good employee, uh, you've lost a valuable resource and and the costs are huge and, and all kinds of other ramifications to losing someone. But if you ask people why they stay and then you build strategies around it, you're ahead of the game. What I always find funny or a little amusing even about a lot of these conversations I have with people involving employment, the workplace, that kind of thing, it just always feels like it comes down to communication and good communication. And the reason I say it's amusing is because everyone is so accessible now and you have different ways to contact people. But I feel like, and you can agree with me or disagree, I feel like for some reason the communication is worse and there's a lack of of substance to it. I guess what's your take on being close you know, we can get a hold of anybody we want at any time, it seems like, but we don't talk as much or we don't find out these real issues. How does that happen? Well, I think it's because it's so much easier to send a text or to send an email, even if it's a person in the next cubicle to you. Uh, why would you get up and walk over there and talk to them? Because you can just get it done in, in 20 seconds. Right. But you've lost that face-to-face. You've lost that twinkle in somebody's eye when they respond or uh, you're seeing the frown on their face as they're reading your email to know that, uh, that you've upset them. Uh, I think it's just it just it's just too easy now to to just send a, a text or uh, whatever a tweet to convey information, but it really isn't two way. As for the top reason that, based off this again survey that we looked at, part of it was actually all the people that were surveyed were people who had recently left a job for one reason or another, and the number one reason that came above everything, again including money, was the phrase "limited career opportunities." Now, when you're talking about at a current employer, what do you hear? What do you, what does that look like when somebody says, "I left because they're they're literally there was just limited career opportunity." It's especially true as organizations have gotten flatter in the last, uh, I think, 20 years. Many organizations eliminated a lot of middle management positions mm-hmm. or uh, senior management positions and have gone to a flatter organization where you've got two or three levels. And I think one of the issues is people have have to change perhaps how they think about career mobility. It may not be that you have to move up in an organization. What about moving to a different department and at a lateral, but learning something new and staying with the organization so that you don't have to learn a new culture? But we've we've made career mobility the definition is I have to be moving up. And I think we may have to change that because there aren't as many opportunities to move up. Maybe it is you don't don't want to go on the managerial track. Maybe the organization has, you can stay as an individual contributor, but move to a different department or take a lateral transfer and learn and grow that way. So then with an employer, you know, as, a, as somebody who's looking at these things and trying to make sure they keep that the top talent and they, you know, in, in essence, keep people happy so that they do stay, how do they address that issue in terms of 
making people believe that a lateral move is is just as good or better than you know ten years ago it would have been a move upward. How do they how do they really set that up as a as a positive for their employees? Well, it's certainly a cultural thing. You'd have to do a lot of uh, thinking about how you announce the this issue, how you announce the move, what else you gave them. Perhaps you can give them some recognition, which people are desperate to have recognition. Mm-hmm. They want to be thanked for the work that they do and and can't. Uh, imagine why their manager doesn't say thank you to them more often. (laughs) It seems so simple, but it just doesn't seem to be happening enough. But I think it would have to be around how you communicated and how you uh, treat that person so that the other employees see that you really value that person. You're not just shoving them off someplace to do something different. You're shoving them off someplace to learn something and contribute. What's interesting also with all this stuff that we're talking about, we're obviously thinking of employers keeping the people that they have, especially obviously the ones that are doing the work that you want them and they're they're successful. There's always a talk of a lack of loyalty nowadays between both employees and employers. But really, when it gets down to it, it is important to keep the people you have. And I guess I wanted to get your take on that because that's part of what you do. Why? What makes it so important for employers to retain those people, to retain those that are already in the organization and understand really what's going on there? You've hit it on the, in the head there. It's that body of knowledge that that employee has that is valuable to the organization. When you lose that employee, you, use that, you lose that knowledge. And it can take a long time to rebuild that. It also, losing employees has tremendous effect on, most organizations work in teams now, so Mm -hmm. when one person leaves, the team is impacted, and that can affect productivity. Losing an employee also impacts your customer service, or your, if you're an association, your members, maybe they're used to talking to Susie on the phone and for 20 years, and then she's not there. Sure. Uh, it, it can send all kinds of messages. And then, of course, there's the huge cost of uh, impact of having to hire someone, train them, wait for them to become productive. And the higher they are in the organization or the more technical they are, the larger that cost impact is. And it can be very, very large. So I think there's huge uh, reasons. And another one that doesn't get talked about a lot is morale. Hmm. When a key person leaves or a popular person or someone who is used to doing good work at the organization, it affects other people. And they may begin to think about perhaps they should be looking. If it's a manager, for example, who has a large group of people reporting to him or her who's had a a real effect on the organization who leaves, it can send shockwaves that uh, then folks are are willing to talk to the headhunters when they call. They might not have been last week, but if uh, that person that they loved left, what's what's in it for them to stay? So there's a lot of uh, non-monetary but very intrinsic issues around this that I'm not sure get enough attention. And I'm glad you say that because I, I do think that's a big part of it. Sometimes people at work forget about the human element that, yeah, you, you have a favorite that's there or somebody you get along with or a number of people do and who knows what kind of ramifications it has when they leave. With all those things that you mentioned, the the negatives that there are to losing employees, do you feel recently, and obviously you're in this world, you're trying to help employers with this kind of thing, 
has there been more of an emphasis now to, to really try to keep people? Because others that I've talked to said in recent years, there seemed like there was more, you know, people are leaving here and there, you know, way more often than it used to be. So is there more of an emphasis to keep employees now or don't you necessarily see that? I don't see it being any more. And I think, unfortunately, in the last four or five years with the economy being mm-hmm. what it's been, a lot of managers have said people are lucky to have a job anyway. They'll put up with uh, whatever I do or say to them. They Where, where can they go? <laughs> and I think that's a totally wrong uh, attitude. People yeah. have lots of options uh, and, and they've, they've been exercising them. But no, I, don't, I wish I could tell you that there was more emphasis on keeping good people, but I, I don't I don't see it. And I, one of the things that I didn't mention in my intro is the book that I just wrote called The Big Book of HR, where we talk a great deal in the book about engagement and retaining good people. And I really think it's a, a topic that needs a lot of attention. Yeah, I definitely agree. And again, at the end, we'll let people know where they can find that book because, yeah, obviously it's a, it's a big issue and maybe people don't realize to what extent and or where to go and, and hopefully uh, they can find some help with that. And really... The last thing I wanted to, to ask you about, it kind of, you know, wrap it up with, with a nice pretty bow. Obviously, there are employers out there who are concerned about losing their talent to people, and they, they maybe have a, a bigger idea than just, you know, hey, people are happy to have a job or whatever. What sort of advice can you offer them? And again, this is so general, I understand that. But in terms of trying to be more proactive in keeping those employees, keeping those top employers so that they don't fall into certain traps or they're not causing themselves so much negative damage, both monetarily and with all the intangibles. Find out who your good people are and who you couldn't live without and uh, talk to them about why they stay. I think that'll give a great deal of information that they can then use. Make sure that you're providing good feedback constantly to your employees, both good and bad, so that they can develop their own skills and their own potentials and work on the things that they need to work on. Provide recognition where it's necessary where where you'd like to say thank you either publicly or privately and most importantly respect the people that work for you because we all talk about how uh, important people are but if you really think about it it doesn't matter what your product is or what your service is if you don't have the people to deliver that it really isn't going to matter if you're in business because you won't be in business if you don't have the right people. <laughs> so I think treating them with respect and honestly uh, re- recognizing that that they have add value to your organization will go a long way to retaining the ones you want to retain. Terrific advice, Barbara. And then unfortunately, that is going to signal the end of the show for us here on Moving Up the Ladder. We do hope that we've given everyone listening a new perspective on why people leave a position and more importantly, how you can keep them around and the importance of it really, especially those top performers. Our expert has been Barbara Mitchell, managing partner of the Mitchell Group. Barbara, where can people find out more about you, your organization, and also to find your book? The website is bigbookofhr.com or uh, you can buy the book at uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, any bookstore, and uh, lots of information on the website, uh, both on this topic and other topics. Great. Well, thank you once again for joining us. We appreciate your time. Thank you. And of course, it's always great to hear from you, the listeners. So please drop us an email with comments or suggestions at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. And wishing you success in all your endeavors. I'm Tim Muma. You've been listening to localjobnetwork.com radio. 